All right, before we jump into today's episode, we wanted to go ahead and give a shout out to our patrons over at Patreon. Uh, again, if you uh, if you want to know more information about that, uh, WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com, and you can click on the Patreon link. Yeah, so today, again, we have Eric Sari, Andy Herbrandt, Lauren L., Rock the Green, Paul Campaneshi, Hanson Screen Printing, and our newest patron, Aperba. Aperba. Yeah. Awesome. And, and uh, hey, you know, we, we obviously, uh, it, we, we don't make a ton of money here, and so the, the you know, these funds that, uh, that kind of go uh, for a lot of office supplies, uh, you know, we do still print a couple things out. Um, we do have to, uh, to pay for some of the music that we feature on here, uh, and that money obviously goes directly to uh, the artists themselves, but then also, like you're saying, too, uh, we we have a lot of server costs. That's our main the, cost. <laughs> um, I think the first couple years, the first year, we didn't make anything. Yeah, to be honest, we so, were like negatives a lot. So. Honestly, we really appreciate it, uh, and we appreciate anybody who uh, listens and is able to uh, support us in any fashion. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. This is your weekly dose of the Dairy State. Uh, we, of course, are your hosts. I am Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, today we are talking about uh, a little thing uh, pretty close to where we grew up, uh, a neat little uh, a trolley kind of thing, uh, East Troy Railroad and Museum. Uh, really neat area uh, if you have an opportunity to uh, take your kids out that way. It's a really cool, fun little ride. I think we've mentioned them in a lot of episodes, we have. so I had to yeah. do the history on it. It's a really cool little uh, little outing uh, for the family. So uh, one of our favorite places to visit for sure. And then obviously the, all the history there too is uh, is very – it's fascinating and uh, fun. So Yeah. Uh, and as always, uh, we have some great music from – Brett Newski. Uh, this one is actually a relatively new song. It was just released a couple days ago, so uh, we'll jump into that a little bit more later. Uh, we have another beer review for you, and uh, of course, another infamous uh, edition of How Many Locals You At. And uh, we have another special guest interview, so uh, stay tuned for that, of course, at the end of every episode. Uh, or just about every episode. Um, as always, uh, remember, uh, if you could like, rate, review, subscribe, share, all that sort of business, uh, it certainly helps uh, get the word out about us and uh, helps expand our reach as much as uh, we possibly can. Um, if you want, uh, you know, you can also be a special supporter or sponsor. Uh, we have uh, our, our Patreon, which is kind of the main way that uh, that we kind of make you know, even a little bit of money towards uh, anything. And uh, recently, uh, the top of the show, we've been kind of talking about it a little more and giving all of those individuals their much deserved shout outs as oh, well. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin Drunken History dot com is where you can find all the information on that and where you can buy merchandise. So our T Public page is out there. Uh, we have a ton of different stuff uh, with our logo on it. And if you're really enjoying this show and you really want to get that uh, additional word of mouth, if you will, uh, rocking our logo on your shirt or on a uh, on a bag or on a you know koozie or what you know, it's just it's just one extra way. And uh, the the stuff over there is priced really really competitively. Plus, they constantly have these thirty. We always try off. to announce them on our social media when we can, yeah. but we don't always catch them. But if you do, they always have a thirty-five percent off sale. Get them, get yeah. them when they're lower. We don't need much money. We just want to see no. you guys rocking those bad boys. I would rather have somebody just be yeah. wearing it and you know 
So uh, all all great things. Uh, as we mentioned, these are just always the little house cleaning things we do at the yeah. top of every show. Uh, be be sure to uh, hit us up if you have any ideas or any bands you want to hear. Uh, those are always amazing things. Yeah, you know, it was it was cool recently. I was out and about, and somebody recognized my voice, and they asked me if I was on this podcast. I'm like, yeah, it's like my side project. Just really cool, and I, I love meeting you guys. Um, hopefully, we'll be doing more events now that kind of COVID's cleaning up a little bit here. So hopefully, we'll get to see you out and about more. So yeah, and, and honestly, if you have a chance to, if you follow us already on like Instagram or something, uh, there's a uh, an account called Badgerland Legends. Uh, we have been talking to them over the past you know year and a half. Oh yeah, so, since the beginning. I mean, um, yeah, and they've they've given us a lot of great information. Plus, they've also. Um, sort of uh, uh, reached out and, and said, hey, you know, for future things, you know, let's work together. And, and yeah, we, of course, we have that kind of lined up. And, and uh, you know, so you'll be hearing a little bit of that uh, soon enough. And uh, uh, we also have an account that uh, uh, is called Go Whiskito. And they make uh, a lot of really great custom uh, uh, like hats uh, and and uh, other apparel, but I think it's mostly just their hats are amazing. Uh, and, and so I would I would suggest everybody go out there and, and kind of follow the uh, Whiskito Hat Company and Apparel on uh, Instagram. They are fantastic. Yeah. And then they also have uh, 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 just some really cool pictures on their Instagram. I love going through there. Uh, that you know sometimes it has nothing to do with their hats or apparel at all, and you just get a really good. Uh, view of some you know straight up wisconsin scenery which is awesome yeah i can never get enough of that so uh, again go mosquito uh they are amazing and then also uh badgerland legends if you really want to know a little bit about the the fun occult and uh odd things you know they are a great account to follow yeah uh, so let's go ahead and jump in on the history of uh, the East Troy Electric Railroad uh, slash, you know, Milwaukee Electric Railway. And yeah, they, they kind of both combined. So yeah, yeah. I tried to sum this up and uh, make it kind of um, all incorporated so you kind of can learn about the whole history of the electric railroad itself. And the line dates back to originally being built between 1890 and 1910 when it was part of the Milwaukee Electric Railroad and Light Company. Um, the line from East Troy to Milwaukee, and it once totaled 385 miles of track connection between multi-interurban areas. And before we talk specifically about the East Troy trolley, let's go into a bit of history in the Milwaukee Electric Railroad and Light Company and how it got started. So the Milwaukee Electric Railway and Light Company, I'm going to call it T. Merle. It's kind of the shortened thing for just because I don't always say uh, that a million yeah. times. Um, it operated in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, it was the largest electric railway and electric utility system in Wisconsin and combined several of the earlier horse cars, steam dummy and streetcar lines into one system. Its Milwaukee streetcar lines soon ran on most major streets and served most of the area's cities, the, most of the inner urban areas, yeah. uh, including Appleton, Kenosha, Racine and Port Washington and Lakeside power plants. So they're all connected. Right. So. The first electric streetcar in Milwaukee operated on Wells Street on April 3rd of 1890. The Waukesha Beach Railway was formed, opened in June 25th of 1895. The first inner urban ran between Milwaukee and Kenosha on June 1st of 1897. Other lines soon reached Watertown, Burlington, and East Troy. And in 1922, Tamerl acquired the Milwaukee Northern Railway and added their Milwaukee to Sheboygan interurban line system. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think the the nice thing is is that uh, you're connecting areas that have uh, some pretty good manufacturing uh, and, and and able to get uh, individuals from place to place too. I don't know if it was all. Uh, it wasn't just like uh, what would you call that? Like uh, traveling products and and in uh, in resources, but also. Uh, people as well, right? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you're going to take a horse and buggy from Milwaukee to Sheboygan. That's a long travel. It's not. That's not my preferred method. Right. So you're taking the trolley down. And during the Great Depression, services on streetcars and interurban lines were reduced, replaced with buses abandoned or sold. Um, and they seized in World War II when gas and tires were rationed and defense works uh, needed transportation. And after the war, riders returned to their automobiles and abandonment resumed. And the last streetcar to run in Milwaukee and the entire state operated on Wall Street on March 2nd of 1958. Electric locomotives continued operating at the power plants until the 1970s. Um, the last two remaining sections of urban lines were the Hales Corners and Waukesha. They continued operation until June 30th of 1951 as part of the Milwaukee Rapid Transit and Speed Rail Company service. 
as it was essentially lost the remainder of its post-war ridership following the collision in, in uh, Greenfield, Wisconsin that killed eight people and injured around 40. And just the year before, there were plans to extend the Watertown line to Madison, the East Troy lines to Delvin, and the Burlington line to Lake Geneva. So they were going to connect in our neck of the woods as well. Yeah, yeah. However, none of these plans came to fruition. So let's get into the East Troy segment that we're talking about, the East Troy McGuanago segment. Right, because this thing runs over to Elegant Farmer, which I know you're probably going to yes, bring up on yeah. here as well. And was purchased by the village of East Troy in 1939 when the remainder of the line to Hales Corners was abandoned. Under the terms of purchase, it was operated by Tamerl Crew for 10 years. In 1949, Tamerl declined to renew the agreement for another 10 years, and the village hired its own crew and operated the railroad from 1950 until 1985. This is when the railroad became the became the municipality of East Troy, Wisconsin Railroad and adopted the reporting symbol METW. In 1985, the village approached the Wisconsin Trolley Museum and asked them to take over operations of the railroad, and they agreed to do so and moved their collection of trolleys to East Troy. Uh, museum operations began over the line as early as 1967 when the Wisconsin Electric Railway Historical Society relocated their collection of electric railways from North Freedom, Wisconsin to East Troy. And they operated over the line using a trackage rights agreement in the village until 1984 when the trackage rights agreement ended and the trolley, Wisconsin Trolley Museum began to operate its line on the East Troy Electric Railroad. The Friends of Each Troy Railroad Museum, Inc. purchased the line from the villages and also purchased the trolley collection from Paul Adverdung between 1995 and 2000 in stages. And today, the East Troy Railroad Museum currently operates a museum in just over seven miles of track, offering rides on a, like a weekly basis during the spring and fall seasons, including the Christmas season, too. Now they have a Christmas ride, I believe. So you can go during Christmas and have yeah. like a dinner on there. Yep. I think they do have a Christmas one now as well. So they, yeah. it's it's spring through fall, but they also have like special ones at like Christmas. And I think they have an Easter brunch one, too, which yeah. is a little before spring. It might still be snowing a little bit yep. at that time, especially in Wisconsin. But Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And the original substation building in East Troy, Wisconsin, is used as a ticket office and museum. And visitors can par- purchase rides from Elegant Farmer Store at Phantom Woods and the Indian Park in Maguanago. A collection of approximately 30 pieces of electric railway equipment are kept in storage barns in downtown East Troy and at the Phantom Woods location. And the museum is a nonprofit educational corporation run by volunteers. And the substation is located at 2002 Church Street in East Troy and is on that National Historic Places of Register. Yes. And uh, it also has one of the uh, Wisconsin um, historical markers right out in front, actually. It does. Yep. And it's today one of my favorite, as my little guy's favorite things is he is a huge Thomas Tank Engine fan. And I fucking love trains. I'm going to be honest with you. Like you're, I used to you're love, definitely more of a, I mean, I love like, guy. I love trains. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, I used to watch tracks ahead with my grandpa on PBS. Yep. And, uh, I used to go to the, the trains museums all the time with my dad. I, I dude, I fucking love trains. Like I'm like, bubbles. Trains. I'm like bubbles from trailer park boys, dude. It's the, the Swayze. The Swayze oh, Express. Yeah. 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 Train. And, and they got in some trouble for that. I think they did from Swayze. It's a good episode. From Patrick though. Swayze. Yeah. Actually. And you know, a, a, I remember, I think a few years ago, it was in the news where somebody stole the sign out there. Remember? Oh, wow. They stole the, the trolley sign. It was in the news. It was a big deal. And uh, I actually haven't heard what happened to the sign if they ever got it back. It was the electric yeah. uh, East Troy Electric Railway uh, sign. It's like a red and white diamond, a 90-degree uh, diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember that got stolen. And I don't know whatever happened to that. Was that your sister did that? Yeah, Your definitely. sister was in Troy, so she might have. They definitely, yep. Your sister's a bandito. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but I I don't think they ever See, found. I was it. thinking maybe it was Janine. Oh, my dad Janine. Because they they had the dog that was named Trolley. Oh, there we go. You so might I'm have, starting to think. Probably, Sherlock Holmes. And over then here she probably painted it, it green and gold. I bet you. <laughs> yeah, put a Packers that. logo on. Put a Packers <laughs> logo on it. <laughs> But no, yeah, that's going to conclude the the main segment. But yeah. yeah, I mean, do you have any memories going to the East Troy Trolley? Uh, not not really particularly. I don't know. I don't think you were as much of a train fan as not I really. Was. You know, uh, I'm a fucking dork, dude. Like I love yeah. mechanical engineering and like mechanics. So like that kind of shit just really interests me. If so. trains, if trains were a big enough thing when we were kids, I have a feeling that at like 16, you would have probably hopped in a car, like a train car, and like just skipped town. Yeah, you know, actually, before I became an engineer and went to school for engineering, uh, my original career interest was to be a, a train engineer. Like, I really wanted to join the UP, the Union Pacific, and uh, travel on a train. But yeah. 
plans kind of change. I have a family now. There's no way I could do that at this point in my life because you're on the road 100%. You could Casey Jones in it, cocaine Kay- in hand. <laughs> Casey Jones in it. Yeah. Cocaine in hand and fucking trucker speed and just sucking great, those down, staying up all night. All great references. Grateful Dead. Monkey and the Engineer. That's yeah. a train song. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, uh, I just love that the history is is right there, uh, you know, kind of accessible to, you know, anyone. I mean, East Troy is such a nice area to begin with. You yeah, get, it's small town feel. Yeah, like. and, and it, amazing historic square. Uh, plus, you have um, Alpine Valley Music Theater, which is, you know, really close to there. And then, um, I mean, such great companies have, have operated out of there. Um I guess most recently too, uh, Buell. Yeah, uh, Buell was there. That's and, and, insane. And Eric Buell actually bought the name of his company back from Harley, who you know Harley had almost completely abandoned yeah, and like yeah. ruined the company. Yeah. Um, and Eric Buell, I think, is going to be manufacturing again in East Troy. Awesome. Uh, and I think plans to release bikes in 2022 again. So. But I yeah. mean, East Troy is such a cool area, and and when you're down here again, there's a couple breweries that we've talked about uh, on the show, so there's plenty to hit up, as well as the the Railway Museum plus the uh, Elegant Farmer. And if you are a dork like myself, mm-hmm. um, Kenosha does have a lot of old streetcars as well, yeah. and they still run some of them. Um, so you can also go to Kenosha and check out the streetcar uh, and streetcar history. And uh, yeah, these are not your standard gauge either. You know, they're not your standard gauge train lines because I think they're quarter gauge, if I remember right. They're a smaller line, and it's all electric, which is cool. Yeah. It's, it just to me is really fascinating. And yeah. I hope you guys found this episode fascinating. Um, I love the East Troy Trolley Museum. I've been there multiple times. Yeah, um, go check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out when you're in East Troy area. East Troy Brewery too. Check it out while you're out there. And, Hell yeah. uh, that's going to include our main segment. Now on to the music segment. All right, uh, and as we had kind of talked about with the music segment, uh, it is a very special one. Yeah, uh, Brett Newski uh, had just released this track, uh, I believe, was Friday, so just two days ago. Um, very, very special uh, track, and uh, very, very uh, um, timely. I would, I relevant. You know, uh, we're we're getting into the winter months now. Uh, this is going to be the time where uh, seasonal depression kicks in, and uh, you know, Brett was was kind enough to give us some some additional information, kind of regarding the 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 whole idea of the song, where it came from, where was the the influence, and and you know, uh, as he writes, seasonal depression is is something that's normal and it weighs on everybody, uh, especially here in Wisconsin. We know it all too well, and um, you know, as he was kind of sitting in his uh, 2002 Toyota. Uh, you know, aptly named uh, uh, Dennis uh, after his grandpa. Um, the song is "Seek Asylum from Myself," and it, it kind of dives into that battle of uh, of uh, you know a, a battle against yourself and your emotions and your feelings and and the 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 balance that uh, you know you try to have and maintain uh, when you don't get that sunlight. You know that we all have you know throughout the uh, spring and summer that, you know, infuses our body with the vitamins and the ability to sort of be happy. And um, especially us, you know, with like the ones that worked on like the nine to five where you leave and it's dark and you leave work and it's dark, right? Mm-hmm. You leave to work, it's dark and like you just get no sunlight and uh, yeah. you feel that seclusion of winter, that cold creeping in. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's pretty brutal. I know I, I suffer from seasonal depression really bad, um, yeah. especially around January, February when I just need to get out. Like, I just can't take it anymore. It's it's great up until Christmas because Christmas is like all these lights and spray, but well, it gets have, really you have, dark after. Yeah, you, know? you have the you have the, uh, uh, the, the holidays that everybody kind of gets through. Uh, so we've got uh, Thanksgiving coming up here in a couple weeks, and then we've got Christmas, as you just mentioned. And then uh, right after Christmas, you have that really quick hint, uh, stint of uh, of of new year's and then that's it and and from uh, new year's until like march or april yeah it's it's, brutal. it's yeah it's just a a sheltered polar a, vortexes where you can't go outside where you die like it's just, right it's just it's just really brutal yeah. and uh I, I've I suffer from it myself. I mean, I've, I've since bought like I want to get one of those lights where they kind of like simulate the sunlight. I need to get one of those because I get depression so bad. And yeah, uh, and yeah I, it, it's great that he wrote a song, you know, in, in regards to the issues we all face in the wintertime here in Wisconsin. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that uh, he mentions as well that I thought was. I mean, very important is, you know, we, we uh, in, in the world of social media. Uh, again, you 
you're you you almost feel pressured to uh, appear happy. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and he he you know he as well as you know other people have kind of said like it's it's totally normal to be sad and to be uh, depressed and to, and to kind of ex- experience those emotions. Uh, and instead of hiding, you know, behind this, uh, um, you know, ring, uh, what, what are the, the, the ring lights that make you look yeah. better than you, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, instead of hiding behind all that stuff and, and, uh, editing the pictures and, and, and faking it completely is, uh, go talk to somebody. Uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is, um, therapy, uh, is, uh, is, is, uh, so, so readily available. Uh, you can do it right from the comfort of your own home, uh, and, and do it, you know, via like the video, you know, chat yeah. format and stuff too. So, um, this song is absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, even, you know, like, uh, Brian Ritchie from the violent femmes, you know, he, he wrote, you know, I, I, I really like the sound and the way, uh, he is forcing the world to kind of contend, uh, with him. And, and, it, and this song is just so amazing, uh, as you know, all of Brett's stuff is, you know, Brett Newski has a, a, a way with songwriting. Um, and, uh, what I love is, uh, that he kind of keeps it real no matter what. And, uh, the music video actually for this, uh, was shot on a VHS camcorder. Uh, in, oh, cool. in Mexico City. So uh, if you have a chance, go ahead and check that out. But we are going to feature the song Seek Asylum from myself, from Brett Newski and his new album.
All right. That was a hot track. That was really brand good. new, fresh off of the, the, the pressing, you know, uh, absolutely amazing. Um, also, uh, Brett Newski has a show uh, coming up here on the 19th. Um, just a couple days from now, uh, and that is at Anodyne Coffee Roastery there in uh, uh, south, uh, the the south side of Milwaukee, over uh, in um, I believe they consider that to be Walker's Point. So, uh, if you have a chance, absolutely check it out. I believe you can get tickets. Uh, it's an Eventbrite thing. Uh, I would definitely uh, just Google Brett Newski, and you will find uh, probably the link to that and where you can buy tickets. Um, that Anodyne Coffee Roastery is actually a really cool venue, uh, kind of on the small side, but absolutely amazing. I love that it's intimate, you know, and that you can actually kind of feel like you're, you're a part of that show and, and that the artist can really, uh, uh, vibe off of your, your excitement and enthusiasm. So, um, we also have now a brew review. And uh, Russ, you're going to tell us a little bit about something from City Lights. Yeah, so we get an awesome beer from City Lights Brewing Company, and uh, it's it's the time of the year where things are getting a little colder, and you're going to need something maybe a little heavier, you know, a ham in a can, if you will, and uh, a little higher octane, a little more little viscosity. Thickness, yeah, a little five W thirty of the beer world. Woo! So, so today we're drinking the Coconut Porter from City Lights Brewing, coming in at five point three percent ABV. Um, it's an, it's a, it's an American Porter, obviously yeah. um, a high ranked one. When I found this, I'm like, I got to try this, right? Yeah. It's definitely, uh, it's one of the, the, the porters that you're going to see on most store shelves. It's super good. And, uh, so originally, like when I first take the sip, I'm getting a, like a chocolate coffee, like right up the, right up front. Right. Like uh, you're getting that chocolate coffee that like Porter taste. I'm also getting some coconut flavor. A little bit of the coconut and a little bit of maybe vanilla. Mm-hmm. I'm getting just hints of the vanilla on it. Yep. Um, really low on the IBU scale. Obviously, it's not meant to be a bitter beer. So pro- I'm guessing in the 20s on the IBU scale or maybe yeah, lower. Yeah, maybe even lower, yeah. Maybe in the teens. And sure. this one does feature Northern Brewer and Williamette Hops. Um, yep. So these are kind of the ones that are used in porters or maybe, you know, fuggles and other things. Like kind of those lower end, lower taste values that you're going to get. Was like that your, your nickname in high school? Lower values. No, Fuggles. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Fuggles. <laughs> lower, values. lower values. I was like, Jesus, that's fucking hard, dude. So. <laughs> no, I was, I was talking about Fuggles. I was like, but, Jesus Christ, you're fucking yeah, that's hard cool. today. But. <laughs> This one's great. It's uh, it's one that's gonna like warm you up. It's it's high on the viscosity scale. Like Eric was saying, it's a little thicker. It pours a like a dark brown. Um, little bit of carbonation to it, not over carbonated. Which you know, when you get those like stouts, you're not gonna get that it's high. Not carbonation. a lot of carbonation in, in stouts porters. Uh, they're just not. They're not meant for that type, you know. But, but after a couple more sips here, I'm getting a little bit of maybe some nutty aspects of the. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Some nuts, <laughs> nuts on my chin. I just dribbled uh, yeah. on. I just dribbled on my chin too, so I got nuts on the chin yeah, too. So. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, but it's really good. It's a. It's a good, dark. It is. It is a really good beer, and like you said, uh, you're kind of getting those classic, chocolatey, uh, vanilla-y kind of flavors. The really cool thing about this one is that you also get that added uh, bit of coconut. Which yeah, is the nice. coconut, that coffee, that vanilla. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like it's like a dessert beer. Actually, it is. You know, and that that actually is really funny because Third Space uh, just recently released their. I mean, they were making a whole series of dessert beers uh, for the last few weeks, uh, uh, last month, basically. Uh, and one of the ones that was just released, I think, last weekend was, uh, or maybe two weekends ago now, uh, a German chocolate cake. Holy uh, smokes. Uh, so these ones are, are absolutely more that dessert style, like Russ said. Uh, very, very thick uh, filling, and uh, it, it kind of becomes that, you know, that, desired beer during this time and we've know? tried we've tried pretty hard to get these guys on the show so hopefully they get on here soon because i really do want to talk to them about their brewery a little more and yeah maybe I mean, find if, out some more information we've we tried reaching out a few times and, and hey you know we'd love to have you guys on and and also like our fans uh if you happen to be at city lights or you know uh um eagle park or something the, the ones that we've tried to reach out to and we just haven't uh, made contact with let them know, hey, uh, you know, Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, they do, you know, interviews with uh, brewery uh, owners and, and brewers and stuff, and maybe you'd like to be on. Which I think we tried, actually, in the Menominee River Valley again as well, because they're kind of in that Menominee River Valley area. Yeah. 
And I actually, aren't they in the beer district as well? Do they have, they serve beer in the beer district area, but do they have a facility out there? I don't think they do. I think it's in the Menominee River Valley, the actual brewery itself, I the, think. The brewery and taproom and stuff is right there in the, in the Menominee River Valley. Uh, they might have something. Uh, I mean, their beer is on tap, like, at most of those oh yeah uh, downtown venues. milwaukee yeah. for sure and the beer district is like the beer district right so it's like Absolutely. i'm sure they serve down there for sure yeah. but yeah again um this was the coconut porter from uh, city lights brewing um 5.3 percent abv you're not going to get racked it's good flavored beer it pairs well with a lot of things i mean you have a barbecued stuff great meats great canadian bacon great right. you know it's a <laughs> <laughs> hey, canadian bacon there guy holy smokes yep it's uh, it's your classic. And, and actually, I was we great. were just we were just joking about the Canadians and like how you know like even the cops are friendly up there. And uh, yeah. we were talking about that at the uh, River Valley, the Minami River Valley uh, celebration. About I watched a video of a cop pulling over uh, a murder. He like murdered him. He was like, "Hey, get on the ground, bud!" Like, dude, that doesn't happen in America. Like, <laughs> no. you're gonna get your ass kicked. Like, yeah. get on the ground. And they just start bashing your skull in. But yeah. Like, Canadians hey, are friendly, so try out their bacon. Uh, it's very different from our bacon. It's it's more like ham. It's more like a ham steak. It's like a it's it's a chunk of ham. Yeah, to be honest with you. But yeah, again, check it out. Um, great beer. Um, highly recommended on our end. Grab a seat, gather round, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? All right, yeah. folks, you know what that means. It's time for how many locos you at. <laughs> and do we got a good one for you today? It's an all-star DUI, also as a young trophy DUI. Yeah, so Cy Young level uh, DUI here. MVP, if you will. Yeah, and uh, so generally we don't say names and stuff, but this is kind of a high-profile thing. Yeah, from, it doesn't matter. From quite a while ago. This one actually was from uh, 2013. Um, but uh, the Milwaukee Brewers ace, Giovanni Gallardo, was arrested and charged with drunk driving early Tuesday with a blood alcohol level of 0.22. Um, I think his ERA was right around that, too, yeah. at the time. That's like <laughs> he eight, was a that's hell like of a pitcher. Brewskies. That's like eight brewskies. He definitely got it. Uh, so Gallardo, uh, according to ESPN Wisconsin, was pulled over at 2.10 a.m., driving westbound on Interstate 94 near the Brewers' home field, uh, then called Miller Park. Uh, and he was driving slowly and deviating lanes, which, I mean, what more of a red flag do you need as a as a Milwaukee <laughs> County Sheriff to pull somebody over? Um, so he uh, failed sobriety tests, uh, obviously, uh, with a level of .22. You're not going to be doing any sort of all-star performance out there. No. He in his photo he looks like he just had a rough night. Like he looks bad. Yeah. Poor guy. So uh we we have I think enough uh information right here. We're talking about a high profile athlete, uh somebody who's in uh, very good shape. Um point two two I it doesn't say if this is a first or anything like that. Uh um it, it does say at the bottom, like, I think since 1998, he must have had an, an, another one at some point in his life. Um, well, no, it just says that uh, he, in the first active Brewers player to be arrested on drunk, drinking charges since 1998. Okay. And then, so I don't know if he's had anything prior to that or anything. Oh, it does actually say his ERA was 6.61. Ooh. So good ERA. Yeah, no, I, mean, six, I agree. 6.61 for a starting pitcher is actually not terrible. But we're not going to talk about his pitching performances. Um, we are going to talk more about his driving performances. Uh, so uh, I guess he, he doesn't face any jail time because this is a first. We got the point two two. We got an MVP <clears throat> guy here. We got a, and, a Brew Crew DUI yeah. going on here. Um, one of our own. Um, and and so it says that uh, he, he, he will receive citations for $300. Uh, that's for the operating while intoxicated. Which isn't that bad, honestly. Well, and this is deep. 2013, so this is kind of right on par with what you could expect back then before they started changing uh, the, the laws and the rules. And that was, you know, done maybe five or six years after this. Um, but uh, it, it it appears to be a first because there, there wasn't any jail time uh with it and uh the the citations are very low so i'm assuming this is a first offense uh and uh he also uh i guess for the level of intoxication another 300 dollars charge uh so we're up to 600 bucks there and then uh looks like 178 dollars and 80 cents for the lane deviation uh for regular traffic citation so, so he was leave he's probably leaving miller park right so do you think he was fucking drinking with bernie in the dugout dude 
He might have actually been, been tasting some brews bricks, up in the sucking fridge bricks with Bernie <laughs> and, going down the, and going down the slide with Bernie Brewer. Yeah, so that's an absolute possibility. I can't rule that out, dude. Who wouldn't get drunk and slide down that fucking thing? I would. His I mustache. Mean, oh <laughs> I'd slide oh no, down his mustache. Oh god, you mustache ride Bernie Brewer. <laughs> Holy smokes. Um. So this is this is uh. uh <laughs> Fucking his, his blonde mustache just going hard. <laughs> Are you motorboating over there? <laughs> Take it easy on that microphone. I know it's phallic shaped, but Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh God. So yeah, I mean, this is definitely a high-profile type DUI. Something that we we haven't had yet at this point. He should uh, just pass on the dog out. To be honest, we we did have a mayor once. Oh yeah, uh, we did. A former yeah. mayor, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Giovanni Gallardo back in 2013, he did more than just pitch for the Brewers. He also fucking drank for him too, which is cool. He just sucked I mean, a couple of fridge bricks with Bernie in the dugout. Uh, nothing passed. nothing more suitable than uh, to be drunk as a Milwaukee Brewer. Hey, the name says it, it all, it bud. It says it all. So, we got we got the we got the level. We have uh, yeah. his age, we have his record, his ESPN record his official. ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> we have everything we need here. We have his ERA, so we have his um, ERA. <laughs> We have uh, MVP status. He earned and... zero runs on this night. Uh, he might have the runs the next day. <laughs> <laughs> the beer shizzles. <laughs> so uh, I, I think I've got a, an idea of where I where I want to put it. Yeah, I think so. I think I do too. You I mean, it? he's not quite the pass out level. I think it's okay. Let's go on three. Yeah. Three, two, one, fourteen. Eight. Oh, because he's deviating lanes, but he's not quite passed out, right? So I think. But we can meet in the middle. I'm I'm good with meeting in the middle. I think like a you know, even a twelve local would be okay. I was gonna Ten, say like something not, eleven. 11 or, let's go eleven, 11 local. Probably seems fitting. The only reason why I went with eight is just because I felt like uh, after two lokes, uh, two cans of lokes, you're you're definitely feeling good. And you're buzzed, uh, but definitely you, you might you might think you're good to get behind the wheel, and then when you get there, you're like, well, it's, it's ah, like, hell, I need to drive slower. It's like and, that standing and drinking, then you sit down and you relax, and your body's like, fuck. Oh, yep, that's when you realize, that's when you realize just at what level you are, so. Yeah, so, right. yeah, yeah, I think 11, 11 Local was safe on this one. Let's hit 11 Local, hit the gavel, Eric. All right, today we're here with Kyle Smith from Foxtown Brewing. How you doing? I'm doing good this morning. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. Not bad. Not bad. Great weather outside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it was a nice day yesterday to drink beer all day. So yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. So we were going to ask, uh, Foxtown Brewery, uh, how did you guys get your start? Uh, so uh, Foxtown Brewing started, the initial idea of it was four guys um, in a local homebrew club here in Cedarburg called the Brewligans. Nice. Uh, four That's guys a cool name. During that homebrew club, like any good story, and... Uh, you know, they kind of bonded. They started making beer on their own, just the four of them out of uh, the owner of Foxtown's uh, garage. And then literally after six or seven years of just brewing beer together, really R&Ding things, being very meticulous and very scrutinous on their own recipes, um, they really banged out a whole bunch of really good things. So then uh, Tom Neiman, the owner of Foxtown, figured, you know, it's about time. Let's look into this. And then, you know, pretty much uh, open Foxtown. Um, you know, we've been open since uh, November 6th of 2019, so we have our two-year anniversary actually next weekend. Nice. So, Very cool. And, know, yet, and yet we're going to ask um, for our listeners that are going to stop up and uh, see you, um, is there a brew, like a couple brews that are coming out that we need to try like ASAP? Or what are like your uh, staples? Well, uh, well our, uh, we have a core lineup. Uh, we pretty much have 12 beers on our draft lines that never change. Uh, then another additional 12 that we we rotate a whole bunch of fun stuff through on. Um, so, like, our, our favorite things, I mean, we make a really good lager. Um, I know awesome. lagers don't get the credit that they should pretty much anymore. Definitely. But uh, traditional German and European ways of doing things, the concoction mash, you know, all sorts of fun things to make a lager a, a really good lager, and we're having a lot of fun with those. Uh, we also do some, you know, some good hazy IPAs, um, some really fun, like I think our – trying to think the last thing we came up with um it's called galactic catch it was a uh, uh, cashmere and galaxy uh, heavy hazy uh, hazy idea that was done by kelly floyd one of our brewers oh nice. um, i know we have a, a nice winter warmer coming up um that'll be out at the end of november uh we got a maple bock uh that's coming up that'll be fun um oh. our two-year anniversary beer next weekend it's a nice. five barrel right stout that uh, came in about 12.8 uh, that'll be fun. That uh, we have an anniversary party on the Saturday, the the sixth. So, 
Awesome. Yeah, we can't wait to make it up there. It's one of the breweries I have on my list to go and visit. Yes. Um, I've, been, I've been up there uh, once. Uh, we had uh, actually gone to uh, St. Paul Fish Company up there as well. And uh, okay. uh, absolutely love the the, the brews and uh, the, the two-year anniversary sounds absolutely fantastic uh, in, in that beer too, so. Yeah, I mean, in the in our tap room, I mean, the building itself, it's old, it's historic. It was originally built in 1857. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was built as the Open Zimmerman Brewery. Oh, so very So everything cool. in there is the original brick and mortar, original timber from the 1850s. And also below, we actually have two levels of lagering caves, original from the 1850s, that are in absolute pristine, gorgeous, just a beautiful condition. Oh, uh, it's wow. It's probably the coolest place to sit and drink a beer. It's inside the cave. Absolutely. And, for our anniversary party next weekend, we're doing tours and all sorts of stuff through there, so you can everybody can get down there and see them, and you know, just kind of, you know, oh, really. Wow. That's I mean, that's, that's the historical awesome. aspect. That's that's why we are where we are. It's just the history of that building. That's awesome. So, that and like you said, that would absolutely be the coolest place to sit and drink a beer is in in the caves. It just feels right. I'm not gonna lie. You know the 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 cool thing about the caves. Um, did that did um did the Zimmerman Brewery did they uh do like lagering down in there to keep it cool like in the summer times then? Yeah, because uh, they could stack, um, they could do blocks of ice from the rivers with straw, hay, and sawdust, and you would pack those caves during the spring and summer, and it'd actually be cold enough to lager and do your fermentation down there. So, I mean, wow. those those caves were built for lagering beer. The original well that you know fed the breweries down there, the original ovens that fired the brew kettles is still down there. And like I said, it's an absolute pristine, beautiful condition, and we can't wait to start getting people through them. Oh, oh well, I I cannot wait to make it that way. Um, it's been the one that's been on my list, and Eric actually reached out to you guys. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to go and check it out. I am. I yeah. I'm I'm definitely all aboard on this one. I yeah, love yeah. It. Like I said, I mean the, the tap room. It's full restaurant. It's all it's all of our own food. I mean hand ground burgers. Um, all the sauces are made in house. You know, 24 draft lines. Very unique space. Very beautiful space. Um, you know, kind of hitting on all cylinders. It's such a you know, all aspects of it. It's just a fun place to be. Absolutely. So. I love it. All right. So before we let you go, we got about eight to 10 questions to ask you to find out how Wisconsin are you. Are you ready for these? Yes, indeed. All right. So the first one, have you ever tailgated at a Brewers, Packers, or a Badgers game? We have to ask this okay. one. Uh, yes, I have. Uh, both uh, Badger games in-state and out-of-state for basketball and football. And uh, who doesn't like tailgating at Lambeau? Um, I'm actually taking my nephew to the Rams game um, oh, nice. on the weekend of Thanksgiving, so I'm excited for that. And then, uh, you know, tailgating at you know what will always be Miller Park to me has just always been a fun time. Yeah, mm-hmm. you and me both. It'll never change. It'll always be Miller Park. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, nothing, nothing compares to tailgating in Wisconsin at all. It's it's just the I best mean, time. It's funny to see people from out of state who've never done it before that come and kind of witness it. Um, it's it's definitely something special. It is. So. So when it comes to around your area, is there a supper club you really enjoy going to see or your favorite? Um, as far as like here, I live in Grafton, um, supper clubs down here. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, going out to Hubertus to go to uh, uh, Johnny Manhattan's. Oh, That's yeah. my favorite place to go. Um, also, we we have a place up in, uh, in Wild Rose, Wisconsin, right in uh, Washera County there. And uh, you can't go wrong with the uh, the Moose Inn or the Silvercrest up there. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Coming from uh, Washara County, have you ever been to the Dirty Ore? The Dirty Ore? Yeah. <laughs> you got to check that one out. It's actually a pretty what, good place. What town's that in? Um, it's like right outside of, um, which is a little town in Washara County called Rome. It's really okay. small. It's like right over in that area. Yeah, there's there's a lot of small towns in Washington. Yeah, little towns. little no, like, no no big ones. Just no, small. it's all small little ones mostly. But <laughs> and so the next one we have for you uh, when it comes to Summerfest, um, have you been there? And do you have a memorable band that you saw there? Or one of your favorites? Uh, the most memorable band ever uh, for me in general is, is uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Oh yeah, uh, I saw him at Summerfest uh, quite often, and um, probably the the best show that he did. Uh, Pearl Jam opened for Tom Petty that one year. Yeah. And then uh, for, for the encore, Eddie Vedder came out, and it was Eddie Vedder and Tom Petty on stage just belting tunes out. And I mean, anybody who's ever been to a Tom Petty show at Summerfest, the whole place is singing. Everybody's up on their feet. I mean, it's just it's just one of those it's one of those special shows that you'll never forget. It it doesn't get much better than that. That's absolutely you're 
you're you're hitting it right on the head. It's amazing, um, and and it's just it's a you know it's a shame that you know we we can't look forward to it anymore. But uh, those memories and and uh, obviously all of those tunes that oh, Tom yeah. Petty and the Heartbreakers recorded classics. I mean, we oh, have we have all of that to to remember and look and look back yeah. on. One of my favorite bands yeah, I mean, of all that was, time. That was the first first CD I ever bought was Wildflowers by Tom Petty. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a I'm a big tough beer drinking man. When that man died, I I shed a tear that day. Man. Yeah, it, it was. And 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 not, not to get too off topic, but that was a crazy day. Just hearing oh, the yeah. the news of, that he had passed, but then all of a sudden it came out like, oh no, he didn't. He's just in you know in like a coma in the hospital. And then it was like, yeah. it was it was like 20 hours of straight oh, yeah, like I remember did that. he didn't he? I mean, yeah. So then uh, I stuffed myself into my first ever concert T-shirt that was probably like 15 years old and. <laughs> yeah, I still yeah. rock uh, a "Damn the Torpedoes" Tom Petty shirt. I, I recorded yeah, it at one did, time actually, here. Yeah, you did actually. Yeah, I love it. I love awesome. Tom Petty. I think you spilled beer on awesome. it. I did. I okay. Had a beer that was way over carbonated and it got dumped all over my body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, you got you got to be careful. That happen. <laughs> so this one I always love. It's one of my favorite questions. Um, Fox Tom Brewery. Um, is there a beer you recommend to prepare beer brats with? This is my favorite one because I always like to get a um, list of these. So we make we have two ambers that we do. One's our brick nice. oven amber. It's an amber ale uh, that's named after the caves. You know the the, the oven down the stairs that used to fire the brew kettles. Uh, but we also do it's called the 160 acre land beer. Um, it's an amber lager. Uh, the just the lagering process on that just gives like an extra layer of flavor on that, and I think it is the perfect beer to go with brats, and it is actually the perfect beer to go with bourbon as well. Awesome. And so the next question I got for you, a little more controversial. Um, when it comes to up north Wisconsin, uh, where do you consider the line to be? Uh, like I said, I mean, we were, uh, you know, my, my dad is a cop for the city of Milwaukee, so we were Milwaukee born and bred. Um, up north to us has always been Washera County. Uh, we've had that place in Wild Rose since I was probably about eight years old. Yeah. Um, I know it's like middle, I mean, Washera County is pretty much dead, not the middle of the state. Yeah. Uh, but to me, that's up north. And I know I get a lot of people that say, that's not up north. You're not up north clear in the woods and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, uh, that that's up north to me. That's where my memories are. That's where my, put it this way, that's where my deer stand is. So that's, that's up north. And, and I think so. that that's an important, uh, that's an important thing to, to point out is that the landmark of where is your hunting, you know, uh, you know, like you said, your deer stand or where's the, you know, the public grounds or the, maybe even the private grounds that you, that you hunt on. I mean, that is going to be probably considered your up north, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been, I've been hunting there. I built that, the stand I'm in was built in 2003. Um, I mean, and I, you know, the first time I went up there for deer hunting was, I was 11 years old. So that's 27 years ago. Wow. Yeah. So, I remember, so that's, that, that will always be up north to me. Yeah. So. I mean, when I was a kid, definitely when I get north of the Dell, the Dells on mm-hmm. a highway 13, that was like my yeah. up north as a kid for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Controversial it, it, it may be, but uh at no, the same time it's all perspective, you know. It's like arguing about a beer. You love it, I yeah. might not. That's your yeah. up north, it might not be mine. There's yeah. no reason to argue on anything. Just yep. here to have fun and have a there's, good time. There's one thing that we can all uh agree on and that's the bears still suck. Oh uh of course. Oh yeah. So. No brainer. Was, <laughs> we were in Illinois yesterday. I the second Oof. we crossed the Illinois state line, I'm oh. like, I feel dirty where yep. bears come. Yeah. Got to take yep. a shower when you get home. <laughs> it stinks down here. I hate it. <laughs> so, so the last one we got for you, it's like what we always ask, and uh, obviously Fox Farm Brewery, it's on our list. We'll be there soon. Um, but when it comes to another brewery, it doesn't have to be in Wisconsin. But do you have a favorite brewery tour or a tap room that you visited that you'd recommend our listeners go and check out? Um, I'm trying to think. Favorite place. Um, honestly, like one of my favorite places to go, um, it's in Wapaka. Um, mm-hmm. it's called HH Hinder Brewing. Oh, uh, it's literally nothing but ass jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love literally, it already. All the are butt related, <laughs> you know, like the bath, like it's just dumb, funny stuff on the walls. Uh, everybody that you can just make jokes all day long and they've heard a thousand of them and they, they still enjoy making them with you and laughing. It's a yeah. really good time. One of, so. one of the ones that we make, uh, pretty, pretty consistently on this show is the, the rears and sore butts catalog. Uh, oh, from Sears and yeah, what, whatever that <laughs> yeah. was. Yeah. For some reason we said that in one episode and, uh, and, and now all of a sudden we repeat it every once in a while. It, it's, it's just fun to, you know, like 
you know, I mean, butt jokes are funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. you kind of get to be, you kind of get to little get a little childish when you make them. I mean, but, yeah. uh, no, and then they're good people. They make uh, good beer, and it's just a it's just a neat small place. You, you know, know, when you're when you're out good. with your buddies, that, for yeah. some reason, always the farts and the crap stories always come out. Like yeah. it just always happens. Like you don't even think about it, and like yeah. someone just like, oh hey, <laughs> do you want to hear the story about me taking a crap? Yeah, Not some, really, but <laughs> some may say it's oversharing, but uh, you know, I think it's I think it's perfect. I think so too. <laughs> uh, that, that that does tend to happen when you go with your buddies. Oh. That's uh, that, that's why they're your buddies. So and everybody at Foxtown <laughs> is is family, you know. So consider everybody honestly, your your buddy. I mean, uh, I mean, Foxtown's been open for it'll be two years. Um, I came on board April first of two thousand nineteen. I opened Foxtown as a general manager, moved over to the brewery side of things last November as a sales yeah. manager and uh, planning and brewery operations and that kind of stuff. But I mean, we've we got people that we hired two years ago. We're all still here. We're all a team. I mean, we got a really good crew of people putting a really good product out there. So I love it. I'm and excited then, for when you guys come on out there. Feel free to shoot me an email or give me a call. Oh, you bet. Yeah. And and hey, one last question too uh, on this uh, on this how scanny are you kind of thing. Uh, yep. And this will be kind of. Uh, it, it may it may spark up some bad memories, uh, and, and it's that time of year. But uh, have you ever operated a snowblower? Oh, have I? Oh, of course I have. Yeah, I was. That was the. Uh, uh, we bought our house here in Grafton uh, last uh, September. Uh, the first time the snow fell, it was about a foot. It was super heavy. Um, I shoveled it all out by hand, and then I literally drove two hundred people <laughs> and bought myself a snowblower. Yeah, and now I got a. A 26 inch cut toro. Right on. Oh, nice. And uh, you know, it's just it's just an animal. I now yeah. when it snows, I laugh. I grab a beer, and I you know I just have some fun. You move it. You move it instantly. It throws that thing like 50 feet. You know. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, indeed it does. I, my neighbor's house got hit a couple times last year because of a little experience, but I think we'll be fine this year. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I've got a, a 28 inch <laughs> deluxe Aaron's that I just. I, I mean I, I do the same thing. I laugh when I when I walk out there. <laughs> yep. yeah. Two feet of snow could be on the ground. You just put that thing in two and just let her go, and yep. you got nothing to worry about. Just stand behind it and enjoy yourself. <laughs> let it do the work. But Kyle, thank Black you so Black. much for your time, and uh, we cannot make, wait to make it up there and visit Foxtown. And um, I'm hoping our listeners will come and see you too. And uh, thank you so much for your time today. Excellent, boys. Nice chatting with you. Enjoy your Sunday. And uh, no Packer game today, so just steal people's candy and have some fun. Yeah, there oh, we yeah, go. You bet. All right, All right, bud. Bye. Thanks. Happy Halloween, guys. Happy, Happy Halloween. Halloween. Bye. 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 All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.